0: Hey,
1: everybody. Thanks for tuning in here to Bearcat Rewind, the first edition of Bearcat Rewind, a new podcast coming to you from KXCV Radio, the Northwest Missouri State University campus. I'm Matt Tritton. I'll be joined by John Coffey in just a little bit. We appreciate Alex Kurt, a professor here at Northwest Missouri State, for producing that intro for us and Austin Hall engineering the podcast for us today as well. I mentioned our first Bearcat rewind. What we're trying to do with this is kind of reach back to some iconic games, moments, some of the great players and coaches uh, that have come through Northwest Missouri State. And we've had a lot uh, over the years. So we want to kind of use this podcast as a platform to, to reach out to those guys, get their stories on, on certain moments and also find out where they're at right now. So uh, there should be a lot of fun this season coming up because It works out. This happens to be the 20th anniversary of that 1999 championship game for the Northwest Missouri State football team. The Bearcats winning that one 58-52 in four overtimes over Carson Newman, one of the greatest college football games ever played, and we figured – what a better way to start off our uh, podcast season of uh, Bearcat Rewind by diving into that nineteen ninety nine team. Uh, it's also the senior anniversary of the two thousand nine squad, so we'll have some uh, guests from that team uh, coming up as well. Hoping for, uh, you know, Jake Soy's going into the M Club Hall of Fame this year, as well as some other guys that were very instrumental in that team. So, uh, all that's coming throughout the season. But first, we're going to dive in with Mel Churchma and Jim Sabota. Mel Churchma, of course, if you're tuning in, you're a Northwest Missouri State fan. I assume you know that he was the head coach of this football team from 1994 through 2010. Uh, 242, 82-4 and overall coaching record uh, throughout his time in the college ranks. Uh, Three-time national champion head coach for Northwest Missouri State, 98-99 in that 2019. Also a College Hall of Fame inductee. One of the nicest guys you'll ever meet, too. So we're really excited that Coach Churchma's back in Maryville and was happy enough uh, to come in studio and talk with us. And while we had him in, we also got his offensive coordinator from that 1999 team, Jim Sabota, to hop on and and, uh, chat with us as well. Um, Now, Coach Sabota is the Central Missouri head football coach, so he's there with the Mules in Warrensburg, but the Northwest offensive coordinator and also QB coach uh, for 10 seasons here in Maryville. He led the nation, or his Group led the nation in scoring in 1998 and 2000. Also, the American Football Coaches Magazine Offensive Coordinator of the Year back in 1998 as well. Did a lot of great things with Northwest Missouri State. And that 1999 squad also came in after Chris Gryson, You know, one of the greatest quarterbacks Northwest Missouri State's ever seen in '98. Came in with Travis Miles taking over as the starting quarterback to help Miles uh, really transition there into that starting job and help the Bearcats win back-to-back national championships. So Coach T, Coach Saboto, those guys go way back. It was a lot of fun sitting down with them and letting them At times, me and John just kind of step back, let them talk, and have some fun there. So, we really enjoyed this interview. We hope you do as well. We did want to mention that uh, this Bearcat Rewind podcast uh, is underwritten by the Northwest Foundation, providing support for the Northwest Alumni Association and the university's funding needs since 1971. More information is available on Facebook or online at nwmissouri.edu slash alumni. So, if you haven't been in contact with Northwest Missouri State or the Alumni Association, it's been a while. Want to update some of your information, um, or maybe just get in touch to find out what's going on around campus, going on around Maryville? Uh, we encourage you to uh, reach out to the alumni association again uh, online nwmissouri. edu/alumni. Without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into our first episode of Bearcat Rewind. We have head coach Mel Churchma and Jim Sabota. We want to thank uh, Coach Mel churchman and Coach Jim Sabota for joining us here as uh, with John Coffee. I'm Matt Tritton. Uh, Getting set for uh, Northwest Missouri State football to start their season a little bit later on this week. But uh, right now, jumping back in time a little bit this year is the 20th anniversary of the 1999 National Championship game. Four overtimes, the Bearcats beating Carson Newman 58-52, a classic football game there. And uh, Coach T, I know before we started, you know... Not much has changed
2: in 20 years, right? I mean, it felt like that was just yesterday, probably. I'm sure. Well, it took uh, it took about that long, so. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, you know, uh, it is a, it is a vivid memory. I will say that. Uh, I, you know, it's one of those things that you don't wipe out of your mind. Uh, and it was uh, it was a classic. Uh, it was a great season. It wasn't just the championship game uh you know uh, i think we are behind in the fourth quarter of all four playoff games uh, including the championship game so uh uh yeah there's a lot to remember and uh, a lot of good memories and uh, more than anything else the th- the thing that i remember about about the 99 team is they just uh uh the game was never over for them you know no matter what the situation was they always believed that somehow some way they could find a way to win and uh that's exactly what they did
1: well as we've kind of gone along we see every year there's this large target on northwest missouri state's backs you built a, a great program here that's uh that's really sustained for more than 20 years but if you dial it back to 1998 um going 15-0 winning a national championship chris grison is your quarterback there then um he graduates and moves on, and uh, a new quarterback, some new new faces around. What was the pressure like, and, and, and what was that like going, going into 99 of, man, we we're 15-0, and 0. how do we come back and do this again?
2: Well, uh, you know uh, – <laughs> we didn't really uh i don't know that at that point we we thought too much about the pressure uh we started out that year we played a non-conference game we played arkansas tech at home and uh had a big win it was great for travis miles he's a soft or junior quarterback hadn't really played a lot and uh, for him to kind of get his feet on the ground, and then uh, we made that fateful trip to Omaha. I'm sure uh, John remembers that, and I know Jim does. Uh, uh, we got nipped by Nebraska Omaha. I don't know, it was 40, like 40 to 17 or something like that. And it was. Uh, uh, I can't. Jim, what was the guy? What was the quarterback's Kwan- name? Quanzy Watts. Quanzy Watts. Uh, we th- him, him. Yeah, I, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think we've ever tackled him yet. So <laughs>
0: I'll tell you one of the things I remember out of that game. That. Uh, some point the lights went off there for a while and the second time in two or three years we've had a situation where the lights went out on us uh, during a game and it just seemed to be um, kind of a weird evening all the way around with that match up there
2: yeah unfortunately they got the lights fixed we, we <laughs> would have been a lot better off if we would have quit at that point uh, what happened.
3: the lights went off and we were four touchdowns behind when they came back
2: on <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was uh that was quite a way to start the season and then uh, if you remember uh we had an open date um The third week, uh, we had played that real early game with Arkansas Tech, and our first conference game was at Pittsburgh State. And uh, I remember going to Pittsburgh State, and uh, we had, uh, you know, we had beaten them 97-98. We had beaten them two years in a row. And uh, go back there, and it was a beautiful night. The thing that I remember most uh, at the start of the game is I remember we came out of the the locker room and came onto the field, and the uh, announcer said, uh, made something, some kind of a comment like, and here comes the Northwest Missouri State Bearcats, 1998 national champions. And he actually kind of laughed after he said that because, you know, we never did beat Pittsburgh for about six years there. Uh, <laughs> There's always an asterisk by every time we did beat him, something was wrong. And so uh, that's kind of how we started out. And we, uh, if you remember, I think it was 21-7 at halftime or something like that. It we were down. So, uh uh, I do. One thing I remember in the in locker room, I remember looking at some of those seniors and saying, you know, <laughs> if, if we lose this game, <laughs> we're not even going to make the playoffs. And uh, maybe that got us going. So I don't know. <laughs>
3: Coach, wow, I didn't remember. I didn't remember you saying that.
2: Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, you, you probably, you're probably trying to figure out how we could score some points. So, <laughs> uh, but uh, no, you know, and the, and the great thing was in the second half, uh, we ran the football. Uh, if I remember right. In that game, I think Danny White—that uh, was about the only game that he really uh, did a whole lot. But uh, I think he rushed for over 100 yards, and I think David Jansen did too, if I remember right. So yeah, we
3: ran the ball well because I vividly re- remember after that game we went through all the positions and we we uh, <laughs> we graded. We gave each position a letter grade, and you were pretty adamant about how the quarterback position was playing at that point in time, so I'm glad we could run the ball pretty well, and and uh, gave Travis a little time to grow. Yeah, <laughs> it was uh, it was up and down for him that that year all year really.
0: When you talk uh, about uh, uh, Travis, both of you, might just kind of talk a little bit about uh, the difference between going from Chris Gryson in '98 to uh, Travis. Uh, it seemed like the, they both had some very specific skill sets, and maybe trying to transition the offense around what uh, Travis brought to the team.
3: Well, they could both throw the football, that's for sure. And uh, you know, Travis was. Um, you know he didn't have quite the at least to start with the, the presence he you know he was he was confident in his ability but chris was just so much more of a vocal leader and and travis you know he just uh, he loved to play and he was a competitor and um but he was you know he was uh, uh definitely under the radar and and the guy that was in chris's shadow uh which was a significant shadow you know i'm not sure we would have pulled off m- much of this without you know Gryson's leadership and of course his ability on the field, and so he was a big presence. And so I think Travis just had to sort of grow into the in the position. And um, you know the fact that we were able to run the ball early in early in that season, um, I think helped bring him along. And then he just got more confident as as the season went on.
2: Yeah, I I remember, you know, Travis was kind of a gunslinger, you know, he uh he just go back there and uh <laughs> he threw a few of what Jim could would call a hope and a poke <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, down the middle and unfortunately the the other team's safeties uh, usually found those, but uh uh he uh it, you know, he he like Jim said, he just had to grow. Um and he was uh, he had such a good spirit. Uh that's what made it probably made it a little tougher to coach, you, you know, for me because i I'd like to get upset with him and try and get him to respond, and he'd just kind of shrug and go back and throw a touchdown pass the next play. You know, I mean, he just he just had that uh, he, that was his personality. I remember even in the championship game, you know, in the first half, I think he threw three picks uh, and then threw another one in the, in the third quarter. And uh, I remember, uh, and Jim will <laughs> Jim will know this, uh, Coach Corver, who was. Uh, who I worked for at Northwestern College, Coach Corver was a head coach, and Jim played for him. And I, I remember Coach Corver saying uh, to me the next week, he said, hey, he said, uh, lucky your quarterback has such a short memory, he said. <laughs> 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 and uh, But that's the way Travis was.
1: Whenever he was going through that and, and throwing the picks and obviously bounced back with five touchdowns in that football game and was phenomenal down the stretch, but you think back to at least like Three thirty left in the game. You're down two scores, and you still need a, a minor miracle to find a way to come back and win this game. What's the demeanor at that point? Was there any point you, you look at a guy's face and you're kind of like, "Are we going to pull this out?" Or is that kind of that gunslinger mentality of, eh,
2: "He's just going to make it happen." Well, I think uh, you know Jim can answer this too, but I, I you know, I, that was the that was the beauty of Travis Miles and really that whole whole offensive unit. They just uh, they figured out somehow, some way uh, it would happen, and uh, we had, you know, we had some great offensive people on there. Tony Miles, you know, and uh, in that championship game, uh, he scored on a run, he scored on a kickoff return, and he scored on a pass. Uh, you know, and uh, flip uh, j. r. hill he he's, he came out of the woods there and, and caught three touchdown passes and uh, uh, you know Seneca had uh, had some big catches, so we uh, Comer ended up making the catch on the on the two point conversion uh, in the overtime when we needed it so uh, and Ryan George, you know who can forget that catch, so we had a lot of people that could do a lot of things, and uh, uh, they just kind of kind of fed off each other.
3: One of the things that happened too was, uh, um, is the year before we had we really heard him on a lot of our empty stuff, and even though it was raining a lot, I think Bryson had 25 completions in that in that game, and and I just didn't think that uh, that you know that we ought to be using the uh, the no back stuff that much because I just because we heard him so much the year before, I thought they'd be ready for it and. We had a, a GA assistant coach named Mark Survey, who's a high school coach in California now, and he was like, "We called our five wide stuff Sonic," and he was like, "Coach, what do you think about Sonic? What do you think about Sonic?" And I was just, you know, I was getting frustrated. After a while, I just said, "You know," I told him I didn't think it worked, and then down the stretch, we we employed it and it worked pretty damn good. <laughs> so, uh, and Tony was Tony Miles was a little bit of a decoy in that because you know they were obviously uh, very, uh, concerned about him. And and that's why the coach mentioned J.R. Hill and a couple of the other guys kind of stepped up big and Tony, um, you know, had a great game, but, uh, you know it was more with the other some of the other things he could do and we were actually distribute the ball to some of the other guys too that was effective
0: yeah it really seems like uh, that particular team like a lot of teams that you had through the years were just so deep in that wide receiver spot where it was really tough to key on any one player
2: well we had uh, we had some good receivers you know i mean uh, you know you stop and think when a kid like Ryan George was maybe our third or fourth receiver uh, that that says something about your your depth at that position, and, uh, and and all of them contributed so much during the year. I mean, you know, uh, at Northern Colorado in that playoff game, uh, Seneca had a huge game, and uh, of course Tony uh, had the big punt return against North Dakota in the, in, the, in the first playoff game, and uh, so they all had their their times and uh, made some big plays for us, and they all believed they could do that.
0: How much of a factor in the? Uh, uh, championship game was the fact that you had to come from behind in in all the playoff games leading up to that that maybe uh, gave you a little bit of confidence that you could do it there in the fourth quarter
2: well i you know i i i felt like uh... that was huge for us because uh... we had been in that position so many times it was almost like we were comfortable in it and uh... you know uh, and i think jim can tell you this too from a coaching standpoint uh, it's almost uh, easier <laughs> uh, in some respects to be behind than it is to protect the lead. And I think uh, I really felt like, in, especially in a championship game, I felt like it caught up with Carson Newman. And, uh, you know, Ken Sparks, uh, uh, you know, was one of my best friends in, in, until he passed a year ago. But uh, uh, I, I felt like it was really hard on him because they had that big lead and uh, it's hard to protect a lead. And we had that confidence that that we could come back.
3: you hey, one of the, one of the beauties of Scott Boswick was that coach mentioned we were behind in all of our playoff games that year. And, uh, of course, everybody remembers the championship game, but we had, we had two games, two playoff games that were really low scoring. In fact, coach might, uh, correct me, but I think in our North Dakota game, I'm not sure either team scored a touchdown in regulation. And, uh, or at least our offense didn't. And then we played um, uh, Indiana, no, it was yeah. Indiana PA. Yeah. yeah, and that was like 16-12 to 12 or something.
2: Yeah, yeah. And then we
3: had two shootouts, you know, obviously the championship game, and then Northern Colorado was like 42-35 or something crazy like that. So, you know, there was that sense that somehow, some way, not only offensively, somebody was going to step up, um, but uh, the whole team, you know whether it was special teams, we had a lot of big plays on special teams that year, and then defense you know uh, you know they they found a way to you know uh, make some plays, and then there was games where they were really the difference
2: well, yeah, you stop and think uh, you know like you mentioned in the in the, the first playoff game, uh, the only touchdown we scored in regulation was a punt return, and uh, I think they scored one touchdown and and we each had two field goals. Uh, and then we got into overtime, and I remember, uh, I don't know if you remember, Jim, but uh, we had the first possession, and they and we had a fourth and less than one on about the 15-yard line, and uh, we went for it. And uh, Tucker made it by about uh, six inches, and uh, then I think Jansen scored on the next play. But, uh, you right. know, those, those were tough games, and uh, the IUP game uh, was the same thing, uh, you know. Uh, I think we turned the ball over one time or something and put him in position to score otherwise our defense had played great and we'd moved the ball all over the field but for whatever reason we couldn't get it in the end zone and then finally Jansen breaks the long run and he gets just about to the end zone and he fumbles into the end zone and of course uh, Scott Quarter. there's another receiver we haven't even mentioned Scott Scott falls on the ball and he uh, ends up being well, the hero of the game about so that. yeah so. I do
3: remember. I do remember Travis uh, going back for. We were running. I don't know what we were running. What play we were running? ISO or something. He was going. Oh, it's a, off tackle because we were like inside the five, and he just uh, he just dropped the ball. Do you remember that?
2: I don't remember so, that. Yeah, but. he
3: was going back to hand it off to Jansen and just <laughs> dropped the ball, yeah. uh, going into the end zone. It was just a crazy game.
2: Yeah, that was a, that was a weird game. I mean, it was a game that I felt like we really dominated, but. Uh, but yeah, yeah Vance
3: has 200 yards rushing i think yeah
2: i think that's right and so uh, uh you know and uh, uh you know and, and like jim said our defense defense played solid pretty much all year and and going into the championship game uh, john you might remember this uh i know adam horn didn't play uh he was out uh he had been injured earlier in the year and it seemed like we had somebody else out i don't remember who uh, of course, uh, you know, our best defensive player, uh, Consensus All-American the year before, Aaron Becker, never played at all that year. You know, he's going to be a senior and tore his ACL uh, the second day of fall camp or the first day of fall camp and missed the whole season. And yet, uh, you know, those guys came back. And uh, I, I think of defensively, I think in a championship game, you know, you uh, know, uh, Brandon Simpson came out of, you know, Brandon probably played as well as anybody in that championship game. And Greg Bonnet was all over the field. And, uh, you know, uh, Brian Williams and Wes Simmons. And, I I mean, it was – that was a a great effort on their part, even though we gave up, uh, what, 52 points. Uh, It was still a great
0: effort. You know, Mel, you might uh, tell a story that you told last year during the coaches show when uh, just talking about Scott Bostwick and uh, late in the ball game when (laughs) when, when it was uh, kind of trying to make a decision – whether to onside kick or not in and, and just uh, the, the reaction that Scott had to well that. you know
2: it was uh it was we were down we were down fifteen, and uh, we scored uh, with uh, a minute thirty something or a minute fifty something left, and we had all three of our timeouts left and uh, I remember, of course, Scott, uh, you know, I was in charge of the special teams, but Scott was always really involved in special teams, and I walked over to Scott. We were getting, you know, uh, there was a timeout before the kickoff, and I said, well, what do you think? I said, do you think we should onside kick, uh, or should we kick it and hold him? <laughs> he just looked at me, and he kind of laughed, and he said, Coach, he said, we haven't held a ball game. We better onside kick. And uh, That's exactly what we did, and we didn't get it. But it it turned out and worked out anyway. So, uh, but yeah, he uh, he said, I don't know why we we try to. He said, I don't know how we could stop him now. We haven't stopped him the whole game. So, (laughs) Uh,
1: well, Coach Sabota, I mean, obviously the the offense was uh, powerful throughout the season, put up big numbers, but uh, the defense was also uh, very good throughout as well. But. What was that dynamic like of a team that uh, that that was pretty balanced? I side could step up, but uh, in that relationship between yourself and Coach Bostwick.
3: One of the beauties of the whole team, but on offense, is that we had kind of guys that were just they 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 specialized and they they took pride in their role, very unselfish. The whole team was unselfish, but particularly on offense. Coach mentioned Ryan George. You know, Georgie typically we'd put in when we wanted to have, you know, run the ball and have him crack back on a linebacker because he loved doing that. You know, he was a big kid and he, he, he had some moxie and, you know, that was his role. And then his other role was to catch a fade down on the goal line because he was a six, three kid and he had great big hands and, and very sure hands. But, you know, in the you know, between the twenties, he wasn't going to shake loose from anybody, but, uh, you know, was a good role player for us. And we just had a lot of guys like that, that, um, you know, just sort of patiently, they knew that their, their time was going to come if they were just patient and, um, and, and were team players. So they, it was a riot coaching those guys. And, uh, you know, it, Travis kind of was, was a roller coaster just because the coach said, you know, he had some gunslinger, but at the same time, you knew when, you know, that when it was crunch time that, uh, you know, that's, that's what he sort of thrived in and that's what you needed that, that position. But just a bunch of, bunch of guys that, um, you know, that it probably wasn't our best team, you know, just talent-wise out of the the, the, the time that I was there. Uh, even though we won a championship, I think we had a, at least a couple teams that were probably more talented and, and better teams, but just in terms of mental toughness and and unselfishness, uh, couldn't beat them.
2: Well, I think, you know, I, I think that was just true of that whole team. You know, if you look at that senior class and said And who are our leaders? You couldn't pick out a guy. You could not pick out one person in that senior class that said, well, there's our leader. It probably would have been Aaron Becker, but Aaron Becker never played. You know, he was hurt. And so uh, they just all kind of had, like Jim said, they all had their role, and they just accepted their role, and they took pride in doing their job. And uh, they counted on everybody else doing their job, and that's how it worked out. But, uh, you know, defensively, we played some young people in the secondary. Uh, I think in that game, uh, if I'm not mistaken, in the championship game, um, we started two redshirt freshmen at corners. Uh, and uh, and then Ryan Miller uh, was uh, – sophomore either a redshirt freshman or sophomore playing safety and he's the one that ended up recovering the fumble that that won you know when the game was finally over but uh uh, you know we were those were a lot of young people that just had to step in and 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 had to do the job and somehow some way they got it done and the 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 best part of it was is that when they did make a mistake which they were going to make uh, their teammates backed them up. You know, their teammates supported them. They didn't get down on them, and uh, that's that's why we uh, were able to come back like we did.
1: Well, if there's one thing you guys look back at '99 as well, and you think about that championship game, four overtimes. I mean, he almost got to the point where he had to push the Heisman Trophy award ceremony back. I mean, it was <laughs> it was going long there on ESPN. Other than winning, of course. Is there one memory or one thing you kind of look back to, a funny moment or kind of moment you're like,
2: wow, I can't believe we're doing this when you think back to that game? Uh, boy, I, I mean, there were so many moments in there. I, you know, I still look back, you know, uh, the play where Travis, uh, the, our last possession, the play where Travis got knocked out. Um, Actually, when it's all said and done, Travis shouldn't have been able to play that next play. Um, John McMinimum was in there, and uh, I think we got to delay a game. I can't figure that out, Jim. How could we get a delay a game? That was, that was probably the only one we ever had. But exactly, uh,
3: <laughs> yeah. We got the play in, in a timely manner.
2: <laughs> we had, we had to convince John to go out there, but uh, no, but uh, you know, and, and that was the thing that uh, that I always kind of thought. Well, I hope there's not a uh, statute of limitations on the rule or something there, but uh, uh, you know that uh, that was just one of the ironic things. But
3: who who was the who were the guys that the guys um, in Florence that were our sponsors and, and our guides and who, who was the, there was the guy standing in the in, end zone or he was watching the game from the end zone. Who were, Danny White was one of the guys.
2: Uh, Dan, Danny, big Dan, uh, Steve, it was, uh, there, there was two Steves. I'm drawing a blank, Jim. I can't think of their last names, but, uh,
3: yeah, uh, the one Steve, the the not as big Steve, <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he, uh he grabbed me at halftime and he told me he said, you know, Travis had thrown three picks or whatever. He was gonna help me out. He said, coach, your quarterback's just looking where he's throwing every time. And I thought, well, eventually you kind of got to look where you, unless you're throwing no look passes, eventually you got to, you, you got to look where you're going to throw. So we'll try to have him not uh, throw it to the other guys as much. But, yeah. Yeah, I, just, well, I we, just remember at, uh, yeah, at halftime, just the, uh, you know, the, kind of the the feeling from the guys they're like what what's going on here and just i was thinking to myself what am i going to say to these guys <laughs> because it was not going well 24 to 7
2: well i remember i i vividly i could really remember what you said because you you covered up pretty well you you got them all together and everybody was you know you everybody was kind of petrified because it was 24 to 7 and i remember you looking at everybody and said hey uh if any of you guys can help me out, I can use help. I I need help on calling third and longs because we've been in that situation <laughs> all, the whole first half. I remember you saying that. So. <laughs> but, any uh,
3: suggestions on third and longs? Yeah, that's right. Then <laughs> uh, there's a, there's one uh, another cool thing that happened at the end. I talked about Ryan George being the role player and. You know that picture of him catching the two-point conversion, where his toe is perfectly dragging the, you know, the dirt's coming up from his toe, and the ball's in his hands. And whoever took that picture couldn't have timed it any better. But we called that play 302 score, and um, you know it was just a, it was it was just a, you know, it's something you work on all the time. And, and most of the time, you get down in that tight red zone, you're going to run the ball if you can. And um, of course, you know, on a two-point play, that's a pretty that's a pretty gutsy call and. You're going to throw it most of the time. Well, we had run that play out of two tights and two backs with, you know, 22 personnel and one receiver, that receiver being George. And you can see on the, on the, uh, on the sideline where they're looking up at the box at me and the, the signal is like, you're shooting a a basketball shot, like you're going to the (laughs) basketball shot and you can see him and Travis doing that. They knew exactly what, what we were going to call on that play. Of course, you know, it was kind of insane to line up in, you know, basically full house with one receiver and just throw it to him. But they blitzed us, and Travis threw it classically, threw it off his back foot, you know, <laughs> perfectly. And uh, George made a, a great catch on it. But really, those I didn't really have a choice on it, you know. No, uh, I, I remember that player. we
2: they they called the timeout, and I remember Travis looking up, looking across at looking across at the press box and giving the signal for it. He that's what he wanted, and uh, so uh, I do remember that, and I do remember uh, when we lined up out there. I'm looking out there, and I'm thinking, okay, we've got Tony Miles, and we've got Seneca Holmes, and we've got J.R. Hill, and they're all standing here
3: beside me, and, and we're trying to score a two point conclusion, and we're going to throw it. <laughs> How am I going to explain to our offensive coordinator why he got fired after he just played for a national championship? <laughs> uh, well, there's another. There's another funny part of that. We were recruiting a guy. Um, is a kid from Omaha Burke. He's actually coaching now. Coach might remember as I'm. I'm telling the story, but he ended up going to South Dakota State and had a great career as a receiver. But he visited. He came to our place and visited. And I remember I was talking to him on the visit. we were talking about offense and stuff and And I talked for a while, and then all of a sudden he just stopped he said, uh, "Coach, he said, "Did you call that fade in the national championship game on the two point conversion?" and uh, I said, "Well, I called it, but uh you know the players really wanted to run it, and he goes he just looked at me and said, "That's insane." <laughs> he would call that." Play. <laughs>
2: Yeah. The one
3: receiver.
2: Yeah, but it worked. So that was was the main thing.
0: When you look back on that game, it's still 20 years later. You hear a lot of uh, uh, historians of college football still say that that's one of the greatest college football games ever played in any division. Uh, Just talk a little bit about the bond among everyone on that team and the coaching staff to be involved in a game such as that and what it means 20 years later.
2: Well, it, for me it's uh it, it, like I said it's something you never forget and so many of the so many of the things that happened in that game are just like they happened yesterday. Uh you know, I I you know, I, I can just see those things and uh uh you know, I, I, I after that game as uh, the next few years I I got to know Bill Curry pretty well. And Bill Curry was the the color commentator and uh he was very good friends with Ken Sparks. And I, like I said, Ken was one of my best friends at coaching after that and Un- invariably we'd be at the coaches convention, Ken and I would be together and I'd see Bill Curry and, and I just kind of cringe because the first thing Bill Curry would say is, uh, 99 championship, the greatest college game ever. He'd say. <laughs> and, and I'd feel sorry for Ken, you know, Ken, I never said anything. Ken never said anything, but, uh, uh, but Bill, uh, Bill would stick by that. I saw him uh, last year at the hall of fame and they, he, he said the same thing, uh, 20, 19 years later, he still believes it. So, uh, it was a, it was a great game. And, uh, I, I just think that, uh, you know, that the the players, because of all the adversity that they overcome, and we didn't even get into uh, some of the other adversity that that team faced, but all the things that that team went through for 15 games, uh, you know, that bonded us. And and you know, I I, I remember the first overtime, uh, they fumble and we get the ball. I remember Jim, <laughs> Jim saying. Uh, right away, he said, "Run it three plays and kick field goal." Right, and I said, "Right," and that's what we did. And we got an all-American kicker, and everybody on the sideline, you know, they're celebrating because you know Pernell never misses. And by gosh, he uh, he pulled it a little bit to the left, and you know, it just didn't phase us. We, we just kept right on playing. So uh, uh, I think that's a lot of it.
3: A really cool thing was I I think we were the, it was the only college football game on tv that day it was it was, kind of, it was kind of between the bowl games so somewhere i don't know if this figure is accurate somebody said six or seven million people saw the game at least you know of course it was on all afternoon but uh, you know they saw at least part of the game and uh and that was what was amazing to me was how many you know uh just calls and texts and, and emails and stuff about people that that watched the game and <laughs> went out shopping came back they thought we were going to you know at halftime it was over and they went out Christmas shopping or something came back and the game was still on and <laughs> and all of a sudden we got a chance to win and it was you know that was that was phenomenal and then coach mentioned Bill Curry well years later when I was at UCLA we were playing Florida State in the bowl game and he was he was doing that game And I was standing at midfield talking to Bobby Bowden and Bill Curry's walking across the field and he sees me and he points to me and he says, Still, the best college football game I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. No doubt.
1: <laughs> uh, well, a phenomenal game, a 58-52 win in four overtimes for Northwest 20 years ago this year. We appreciate both uh, Coach Jim Sabota, head coach for Central Missouri, as well as uh, Coach Mel Churchma, former Bearcat head football coach, joining us here. Guys, we appreciate it. Uh, good luck on the season ahead, uh, Coach Sabota. And uh, we'll you. talk to you on down the road. And uh, Coach Churchma, Always welcome to stop in. I'll do that. Thanks, Matt. John, appreciate it a lot. Former Northwest Missouri State head coach Mel Churchma, offensive coordinator Jim Sabota, joining us here on our first edition of Bearcat Rewind. We hope you guys had a lot of fun with that one and uh, taking a stroll down memory lane with a couple of great guys. Of course, we'll see Coach Sabota here as the Bearcats take on the mules in just a few weeks uh, during the football season, but kind of cool to hear him get back to his uh, Northwest Missouri State roots. And, uh, man, We can listen to Coach Churchman talk uh, for days just about uh, football or, heck, fishing, whatever he wants to talk about. We would give him that platform. So really appreciate those guys coming on and uh, chatting with us today. Again, a big uh, shout-out to our sponsor, the Northwest Missouri State Alumni Association and Foundation, uh, for uh, helping us uh, get this up and running. Thanks to Alex Kurt for producing our intro and outro music as well as Austin Hall engineering the podcast for us. Watch for a new episode of Bearcat Rewind each Monday throughout the fall. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher,
3: and Spotify. So thanks for tuning in. We'll talk with you next time.